Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Redesign for thrill. 2023 Aria has limited availability. See dealer for financing details. Have you seen them? You need to call me. Hey, this is Paul Romanstein, proud owner of Midlands Landscape and Lawns. If you're seeing weeds in your yard, let Midlands Landscape help you get rid of them. When you sign up for our Midlands Green Treatment Program, our lawn experts will give your turf the fertilization it needs while conquering the weeds, ensuring that your lawn will be green and lush. So give us a try. Midlands Landscape and Lawns. Schedule an appointment today at hateweeds.com. That's hateweeds.com. At the United States Postal Service, we're reinventing our network to help keep your business moving. With new shipping options to deliver better value, greater flexibility to conveniently reach your customers, more confident shipping with new informed delivery features, and new electric vehicles for a cleaner, brighter future. Fast, reliable, perfectly orchestrated. The United States Postal Service. Delivering for America. Learn more at USPS.com slash moving forward. Did you know one in four car batteries is weak and needs to be replaced? O'Reilly Auto Parts will test your battery for free. If your battery needs to be replaced, our professional parts people can help you find the best superstar battery for your vehicle and budget. Don't wait. Get your battery tested for free today at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. I'm Robert Pulliam, and my company, Pulliam Restoration, is Columbia's leading commercial water restoration company. Restaurants, hospitals, doctor's offices, multi-story office buildings, or even warehouses call us for their water emergencies. Our equipment is preloaded and ready to go anytime, day or night. We pride ourselves in getting to you in minutes, not hours. An emergency to you is an emergency to us. Remember, we're ready 24-7. William247.com or call us at 803-William. This is South Carolina head women's basketball coach Dawn Stanley, and you're listening to the home of the Gamecocks, WNKT FM, Eastover, Columbia, 107.5, The Game. It's the Gamecocks Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Firemen, with Chris Clark. The 2007 South Carolina class was, at that time, sixth in the country and fourth in the SEC. It's just amazing. Wes Mitchell. You know, I think if you're South Carolina, you're you're aiming to, to at least be at 50%. Then in theory, you're adding talent, you're getting better, you're putting yourself in a position to compete. And Tyler Head. It's been a great week for South Carolina. On the recruiting front, still certainly plenty to talk about. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5. The Game. It's a, it's a very talented offense. They, I watched them play the other night. Obviously, we've all watched a lot of film on them and done our homework. It's a it's a lineup with accomplished hitters, uh, some very much improved hitters, uh, and they can hit the long ball. They get on base. Uh, it's just it's a team you're going to have to really navigate. Uh, position player wise, they also play really good defense, so they're not going to beat themselves on defense. Uh, so it's it's going to be like every other SEC weekend. You better play really good baseball. You better not assume anything because uh, it's a team that was in Omaha last year, and so we respect what they're all about.
Oh, that is uh, Carolina head baseball coach Mark Kingston kind of breaking down Auburn. Chris Clark's here as we do Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Wes is getting a pedicure or something. He'll be back uh, Monday. Pedicure, right? Manny Petty. Manny Petty. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well get both. I'm picturing Wes just sitting there. Just chilling. He's having a good time. Good for him. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, he's here and we're he, not. Who he wins? Had, well, he hadn't called up for my amount of days. Somebody around here recently took like a whole week off recently. But it wasn't like the week of the yeah. spring game or anything. Yeah, at least it wasn't that. <laughs> so, we're good. <laughs> Chris is here. Real quick, going back to what Mark Kingston said. You know the one thing Mark Kingston did not bring up about Auburn? He's talking about how, how good they are on offense, how well they are uh uh, in the field defensively. They were in Omaha last year. We respect them. They can score runs. There's one thing Mark didn't bring up. Their pitching staff. You know why, Chris? It's not, terrible. Not too great. Yep. ERA of near seven overall this year. I think even worse in SEC play. Second most walks um, as as a pitching staff in the SEC. Opponents hit over 280 against them. They've had some injury problems as well. Their pitching and being kind, because, you know, I'm a kind man, not very good. Crazy, isn't it, that, you know, so Kingston, pointing out accurately, they were in Omaha last season. You look at, like, Mississippi State, who, in 2021, College World Series champions, how much they're struggling. You can, and then you look at South, Ole Miss. Look at, well, Ole Miss. Look at mm-hmm. South Carolina last year mm-hmm. versus this year. Huge yeah. difference. So It's crazy. It, it's, it, the SEC's tough. That, like, it's that's, nuts. That's the point. You even look at Auburn. And, and I, I will, I will concur with your point on the pitching staff. The metrics there, from a numbers standpoint, even the eyeball test, not as great. Just this, lost, they lost to Troy just the other day yeah, in yeah. in midweek. In a midweek, they're seven eleven, seven and eleven in conference. They're twenty three seventeen and one overall. Seven and eleven in conference. But here's the interesting thing. So this is a series that South Carolina should win and needs to win. It's, it has every bit of the makings or the feel of one where. You know, you've been great at home. You need to hold serve. And this is a bad road team. I think three and nine on the road. So. Yep. They've only won one SEC series all year, and that was against a Mississippi State team that has struggled. They mm-hmm. they had three one-run games in that series. They won <laughs> two to one, 12 to 11 in game three, and the uh, game two, they lost 10 to 11. So they haven't swept anybody, but they've only won one SEC series but they've only been swept once, mm. Auburn, and that was against a really, really good Arkansas team in their very first SEC series against Georgia, who's been quite solid this year, against Florida, uh, against Texas A&M, against Alabama. They found a way to win at, at one game. Right. They haven't won any of those series, but the point is, this is a series for South Carolina where you feel like you've been so good, you'd really like to come away with a sweep. But only one team has done it, and it's been a really good team. Now, South Carolina also a really, really good team. Mm-hmm. So let's see if they can do that. Um, you know, it, it, on paper, you certainly like South Carolina's chances. But I think Wes put it really well yesterday. You don't want to walk away from this series saying, well, that's just, that's just baseball. You know, you, you, sometimes you may lose a series to a bad team. You, you don't want that if you're South mm-hmm. Carolina. Certainly, they've positioned themselves quite, quite well. South Carolina has in terms of postseason, potential national seed. But you want to hold that status. Now, uh, D1 baseball yesterday, Kendall Rogers put his first five out of the NCAA tournament. Mm -hmm. 
Auburn was yep. in there. So was North Carolina, who's a pretty good team. Yeah. Uh, and so Derek Scott, who calls the games for us here on 107.5, he said he, he used two adjectives, um, dangerous and desperate. Mm-hmm. So Auburn can hit. They scored 24 runs in a game against Georgia this year. Yeah, their well, offense is not an issue. Offense, no issue. They, they can hit. Uh, so you want to make sure you stay away from the long ball. You want to punish their pitching because that's where you can take advantage. But dangerous and also desperate because if you're Auburn, this is a great chance to steal, you know, get yourself back on the right track and, and steal a series against a great team. You don't want that to happen if you're South Carolina. Well, it's funny because uh – Auburn, I believe, dropped eight spots in the RPI with that loss to Troy State. Really a damaging loss when you're on the bubble. But I think Derek hit it on the head. Yeah, we were talking about earlier that they were the last five out in the in the, in the latest bracketology. Everybody's got bracketology. Now. <laughs> it's so good. It's great. I think I think um, the crew playoffs are coming up soon. There's bracketology <laughs> for crew. But Auburn, Derek hit it perfect. They're dangerous. They're desperate. They're you know their season isn't on the line yet. But, you know, it's a good time to start now to build your resume. And what better to do than to come in and win a series at Founders against a team that's 24-1 and at home, coming off a sweep of Florida, number one in the RPI. And here's the other thing, too. You know, again, this isn't LSU coming in, Chris. This isn't Florida coming in. This is uh, Auburn. <laughs> you don't want to let down, man. You haven't played a game since that sweep, right? You know, you're smelling yourself pretty good. You should. You're one of the best teams in America, but you got a team coming in that on paper shouldn't have a shot against you, but they do Yeah, if you don't take them seriously. Yeah, and and don't have a shot on paper, I think, in terms of like winning the series. Right. But that, that's exactly what you got to stay away from. But again, they've had some close games this year, and they have, I'll go back to the stat I gave, aside from one series against a really good Arkansas team, they have not been swept. Question to you. And I brought this up, uh, I think, with Colin in the 9 o'clock hour. If South Carolina only wins two out of three, <laughs> is that a disappointment? I'd say slight disappointment, but not, not, a, not a defining moment by any means. Um, you know, it, it's kind of been interesting to look like, it, like Florida, who's a really good team. I mean, they... They dropped one game to mm-hmm. Auburn, seventeen to eight. <laughs> By the way, it, so Auburn has this weird trend where they'll lose the first two games, like the Georgia series. So they actually uh, they won that series. I, I I gave the stat wrong. I said they would only beat Mississippi State in a series. They beat Georgia in a series too. They they won seven to six in eleven innings. They won six to three, and then they they lost twenty four to seven. <laughs> so they got. They got destroyed in that one. But then, you know, they they actually beat Florida in game one, and then they lost game two, and, and Florida just put it on them with 17 runs. So that that's what you've seen. Like, in their losses, you see a lot of double-digit runs from the other team. So I would say a slight disappointment if you don't sweep, but if, as long as you're winning the series, mm-hmm. that, so that's, that's how okay. I feel. I feel like this is that point now where you win the series. Like, you beat Auburn two out of three, that, that's a good weekend. Tennessee's coming in, the worst road team in the SEC, like one in nine. Bizarre. On the road. It's just, yeah, it's just weird. But again, Tennessee's a talented crew that was preseason top ten in D1 baseball in the in the rankings. So, 
obviously Tennessee's got dudes. Yeah. So if you walk out of that one in two out of three, despite what the maybe the standings say, you go, okay, cool. Won the last two home series, four and two. And if you can just you know go on the road and hold your own there in two tough places to play, Lexington and Fayetteville, you should hit your magic number 20, which should guarantee you a nice little uh, home trip through the postseason until hopefully you would get to Omaha. Well, and, and we would have to bring this up. We would have to ask Tommy Moody. I feel like he, he or Derek would know the answer to this. I'll freely admit I don't. We don't have the full picture on the LSU series because mm-hmm. Game 3 was canceled. That was the rubber match. Um, they lost the series to Vanderbilt, barely. And that was a that was a disappointment. But they've got, as you said, Auburn, Kentucky, who's really good. That's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. There's been times, even when Kentucky hadn't been great, that that's been a house of Those horrors. games in Lexington, yeah. They're tough. Uh, and then you, you go at Arkansas, and then you got Tennessee at home, and that closes out your SEC slate. So you still got plenty to do. But, gosh, I wonder when the last time, let's say South Carolina could win all the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. When's the last time they only lost one SEC series in a season? That's the question for later. They, they got a lot of. They could lose every single one of those series left. Oh, I'm, like this is yeah. your best chance mm-hmm. to win a series. I mean, South Carolina might be favored. I don't. I don't know if they will or not at Kentucky, at Arkansas, at home against Tennessee. Maybe they're favored in all those, but those are certainly tougher challenges than this one against Auburn. Yeah, and that's the thing. This one is the one where again everybody can go. Ah, it's Auburn, but that's the last thing you want to do. Because yeah. you're right, these next three series, you're on the road against a, a highly ranked Arkansas team. You're on the road at Kentucky, who is, what, number three in the RPI? Or number two, their top five RPI. Then you get a Tennessee team that was preseason top ten who is really underachieved. So those are those are like landmines, right? Yeah. You feel like the Auburn series is the one where you can breathe. And one thing, I, I said this a little while ago, the one thing I've learned in my year and a half in the SEC here in Columbia, watching this, you can't breathe at all in these SEC series, no matter who you're playing. In any sport, it seems like. Because it matters <laughs> more. Exactly. Yeah. Like <laughs> basketball. You know, basketball in the SEC has become a lot more of a meat right. grinder. You know, mm-hmm. football, we know that's the traditional one. You know, all the platitudes and catchphrases. And, oh, yep. You know, cliches about you can lose to anybody in any given week. It's true. But, I mean, in baseball, I mean, that... That's probably the most extreme example right Oh, God, now. yeah. I mean, think about this. You just brought up a few minutes ago. Mississippi State won the College World Series two years ago. There's talk of getting rid of their coach two years later because they've been they've been underachieving for two years. Ole Miss, you know, remember, they, they, they had a rough go last year, got a cook in the end of the year, won the College World Series, and look at Ole Miss this year. Then you flipped it, like you said, South Carolina struggled last year. South Carolina's one of the best teams in baseball this yeah. year. This, it's nutty, man. Even Missouri, you're like, well, they stink. But they... Exactly. <laughs> they swept Tennessee earlier yep. this year. I mean, they, they're in South Carolina, you know, swept that series by a narrow margin. I mean, Not two of those much. games were one-run games. Mm-hmm. One of them was a 12-inning game. Yeah. So... Yeah, the SC, it's crazy. So, again, I guess what we're saying is uh, don't go to sleep this weekend. No. Because you could lose the series. Don't go to sleep. You got to come in... Uh, You'll have a, an Auburn team that'll come in dangerous, desperate, like Derek said. Also, probably hungry. Mm-hmm. South Carolina, they got to show that that same hunger which they have all year. By the way, I'm hungry. Really? You yeah. know what? Me too. Yep. What can we do to eat something, Chris? We could uh, we could check out Firehouse Subs. Um, there's 
14 locations now, Terry, in the Midlands? We've been to almost all of them. We've been to almost all of them. We'll be there again. We have not announced where, but we'll be there again next month on mm-hmm. a Firehouse Subs Friday. Yeah. But if you By the way, they, and, they, and, they, and hopefully they treat us like they did in Camden. I don't know. That's a tough. That'll be a, a high you, bar to clear. You ate about 12 subs. I did. Yeah. I think Josh Yeoman took home the record that day. I even took some subs home, which was awesome. Well, you had to. There was like 20 yeah, of them like on the table. Yeah, like 20 of them. Didn't want to be rude. But you can go get your Firehouse Subs sub of the day today. And you may have never had this one, so go check it out. Jamaican Jerk Turkey. You can get that $7.99 for a medium, $5.99 for a small. Firehousesubs.com or download the Firehouse Subs app. You can earn yourself some rewards. That's at any of the participating Midlands locations, which, Terry, conveniently, is all of them. You can go into any <laughs> any of them and get the Firehouse Subs sub of the day. We appreciate Larry Chandler and his crew. Oh, we love Larry. He's the man. Being part of the Gamecock Central Takeover. All right, we'll get back in here. Uh, good day for South Carolina men's basketball yesterday. We'll get into that with Chris next. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Terry Ford hanging for Tyler. Ed Bird making sure we stay on the air. We roll till top of the hour, noon, then the halftime show on 107.5 The Game. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head. On your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. Well, I do look at it. I think any coach that tells you they don't look at that stuff is not being forthcoming. I, I think we do look at it. It's it's part of our job to know uh, what our needs are, where we currently stand. Um, now, it doesn't change anything you do with your team. It doesn't change how you prepare whether you feel like you need X number of wins or Y number of wins uh, to get to a certain point. It doesn't change how you prepare, how hard you're going to play. It doesn't change any of those things, but it's just it's information. Uh, we're in the information business, so the more information we have uh, on a daily basis in any category, the better. So I do look at it. I, our staff looks at it some. I don't know how much our players look at it. I don't hear a whole lot of RPI talk from our players. I think they just they want to come out and play baseball, and, and, and that's what we encourage. Just let's prepare well. Let's play the best we can today. And that stuff for them uh, will take care of itself. And there's uh, head coach Mark Kingston talking about, does he look at the RPI? I, I give Kingston credit for being honest. Sure, yeah, I do. Yeah. A lot of coaches go, never heard of it. What is that? What's that IPR you're talking of? No, it's Kingston like when they claim honest. that they didn't know, like, there's like a presidential election or whatever. You know? <laughs> right. I always love when or what, Somebody's going to take it real far one day and be like, Coach, this year, what I don't know what year it is. You know what? <laughs> right. I just been in the office. You know. I'll be honest with you. I don't even know what team I coach. <laughs> I'm so focused. <laughs> so focused. I'm so locked in. No outside awareness whatsoever. All right. Six forty-five pregame. Seven o'clock first pitch tonight. Tommy and Derek on the call. South Carolina Auburn game. One of the three game series set right here on your home of the Gamecocks. One zero seven five. The game. All right. So uh, the transfer portal. We always go. It giveth and it taketh away. It gaveth. Big for Gamecocks men's basketball yesterday, my friend. B.J. Mack, just a good get on the court. It's a good get off the court because Lamont Paris really focused and zoned in on Mack from the get-go. And he got the guy he was really going after. And, and I think, first of all, if we, we get to B.J. Mack, the player, I thought the story was pretty cool about how they uh, recruited him over at Halls. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. <laughs> the, just the, the it's the meeting spot for all things. <laughs> it's a, the halls people are wearing T-shirts about BJ Max singing and chanting or whatever. Well, and, and I think you know that that resonated. Yeah, you know, absolutely. The, the fact that um, 
you know, Lamont Paris, little nugget that Colin Taylor reported on Gamecock Central, you know, he was, Lamont Paris was, was behind getting to Nashville, mm-hmm. you know, because he's, he's working on the BJ Mack situation. And so I think, look, it, it's a little bit different probably for BJ Mack with kind of the, uh, the hometown feel, you know, I mm-hmm. think is, it was really important for somebody like him who, um, you know, played at Wofford, the, the, Home is where the heart is, is what he put out on his commitment graphic on Instagram and Twitter. And so for a kid like him who wants to stay close to family, I think that resonated. You know, that message resonated more. And something that we've seen with Lamont Paris is he is he appears to be pretty good in these one-on-one settings or talking with kids and their families in these home visits, official visits about laying out, you know, what exactly their role is going to be. You know, that's something we heard with Miles Studi, who mm-hmm. left Vanderbilt because he was... I guess a little bit disenchanted with his role, what it projected to be this year. Given his skill set, Lamont Paris was able to lay out a vision of, hey, this is what we think you can do for us. Same thing with B.J. Mack. And um, I think just the level of attention that South Carolina immediately gave him, the prioritization, the hometown feel, and then just the impact that he could make, all those things seem to really stand out with Mack. You know, it's funny. You bring up like Lamont Paris one-on-one with these guys. We always get this... Per- perception because we see the press conferences with these coaches right so we 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 get this idea in our head okay this guy has this kind of personality right we just do it's the way we do like nick saban we go that dude's got to have the personality of a goalpost like one-on-one who wants to hang with nick saban but nick saban closes the deal with high level recruits so nick saban can have the personality of a goalpost and recruit the way he does right because eventually nick's got to close yeah. Correct? Yeah. So, again, we get this perception of guys. Like Bill Belichick. You get the idea that Bill Belichick can't complete a sentence, gives one-word answers, hasn't showered but three times a year, wears the same clothes every day, must be a miserable human being. The word is Bill Belichick, away from the media, is really funny. One of his buddies is John Bon Jovi, for the love of God. <laughs> yeah. You can't be hanging out with, like, rock and roll dudes and be a miserable curmudgeon, right? Right. And so like like with Lamont Paris, you know, we you know, we hear how good like you said that that nugget of how good Lamont is one on one with these players. Now I think Lamont comes off as a friendly guy, a nice guy, but he's not coming off, you know, as, you know, he's going to yuck it up with everybody and all of a sudden, you know, he could go do a week at Vegas or whatever. But obviously, when he's recruiting and he's giving the message to these players, you know, it, it's something that resonates with them. Look, Gigi Jackson, uh, you, you, we've talked about this a million times. That was a marriage of convenience in a lot of ways. But you still had to build a short-term relationship on the fly because Gigi Jackson could have reclassified and gone to a lot of places, right? Yep. So obviously Lamont and his staff quickly opened that door to get Gigi Jackson to stay home and play for a year. So I just it would be fun to go on a, on a couple of recruiting calls with Lamont. That's what I'm saying, just to see how uh, it, how he does his no, thing. It's a good point, and I think you know he, he's a, in his press conferences. You're right. There there are big disconnects between what you see in a press conference and like what you get uh, behind the scenes from people. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned, Saban, one of his tree guys is a guy we saw for several years here. Will Muschamp in his press conferences. He could be, you know, gregarious or whatever word in him, but he was a little bit more Saban-esque in the press conferences. Mm-hmm. Not that way at all, off the field, mm-hmm. away from press conferences. Very 
personable. I mean, that's why at Florida and at South Carolina, people were so uh, some people that knew him well were like gutted when it when it didn't end well because they just mm-hmm. loved him like off mm-hmm. the field. Paris, yeah, a little bit more serious and like thoughtful in the press conferences. But I have heard from several people that him in a room, like whether it's in front of a group of people at a speaking engagement or like a donor event or even in these recruiting um, settings is really, really personable, mm-hmm. really, really good in those rooms. And so I, I think that's one reason why you can't always take a press conferences are important for a lot of reasons, but you can't take them as the end all be all of exactly what a, a guy's like. It's funny because he came in here and hung out with Heath for an hour a few weeks ago in studio and, you know, you know, I, I, and I had to be the muscle to go outside and get him and bodyguard him in and bodyguard him out. Because, <laughs> ready? Me and muscle in the same sentence, you don't really hear that. Um, but, I, you know, I just, I met him outside, get him in, you know, so get him in the building because, you know, of our high security we have here with the guard dogs and tasers and everything else. And, you know, it was just like, you know, five minutes in, five minutes out, just kind of talking to him. Yeah, he comes off very personable. Oh, yeah. Talks to you easy. I mean, it, there was a woman sitting out here on the bench on our way back out, and she recognized him. Coach, love you. We're going to be a lot better next year, right? Yes. <laughs> she says to him, and he's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. And she start, he started talking to her for a few minutes. Yeah. You, know, you want to look at her and go, yeah, duh. Because, you know, of course you want to be better. But he turned and goes, oh, yeah, we are. And he talked to her for a couple minutes, too. Yeah. And so, yeah, the press conference personality sometimes is very guarded. Yeah. For whatever the reasons. But when you get a lot of these guys away from the media and they're just dudes or dudettes, if it's yeah. a female coach, right. you, you see and you walk away going, okay, all right, I get yeah. it. Yeah, and, so, and sometimes you can get the opposite. You can see a guy that maybe, you know, mm-hmm. expounds a little bit more during a press conference and maybe a little bit more guarded behind the scenes. You can see both of those. But, um, yeah, I mean, clearly what they i don't want to make it seem like a, a sales job i mean it was genuine but you know just to use the phrasing you know what they were selling to bj mack what they sold him on in terms of the vision clearly worked and this is a guy that's i mean he's a fascinating player right because of the skill set that he brings yeah, inside outside skill set inside absolutely. outside he's his size is interesting because he's six eight two forty five. I, I can't really think of a like a decent comp like the one that came to my mind honestly and and they're a different player but and i'm as I mentioned yesterday, I, I don't love comparisons, but like an Al Horford type. Mm-hmm. Al Horford at, at Florida, I think, a little taller. Mm-hmm. 245 was his exact weight. 6'8", 6'9". Al Horford, a little better rebounder. Did not shoot the three at all in college. Now you look up in the NBA, shooting 45% oh, this season. he was popping threes last night for the Celtics, and they're yeah. over Atlanta. So I mean, Al, yeah. Al Horford really didn't start shooting threes until 2015. Mm-hmm. Like midway through his NBA career, he's like, I'm going to start shooting threes. Yep. So, But B.J. Mack, the point is, he can shoot the three mm-hmm. inside out. Fascinating player, and I think a really, really good get given some of the things that they need on this. BJ Mack is first two years. To your point of this, like Al Horford comp, first two years BJ Mack didn't shoot too many threes at all at Wofford. Junior year shot about ninety threes, hit like forty four point five percent. Last year, I, now I'm gonna do this off the top of my head, which doesn't work as good as it used to, even though it's shiny. I think took three hundred eighty eight shots last year. One hundred fifty five of them were from three point range. Talking about stretching your game and developing your game. And again, last year he hit about 33, 34%, not as good as the year before. But still, the development of his game to become an inside-outside guy, even at, what, 6'7", 230 or whatever, 
a very interesting skill set to bring to South Carolina. And a, and a good free throw shooter. That's yeah, 81%, I yeah, think. Yeah, he, he, he was 86 one year, and mm-hmm. he's been hovering in the lower 80s the last two years, so right, really before, good. Before we go into break and come back and talk about the NFL draft, do you have any, any wisdom you need to lay on me? Yeah, I got some wisdom. If you're watching some sports action, if you're watching some picks come off the board uh, later tonight, or watching just anything... You need to make sure you're doing it in a way where you're not getting that, that dreaded, the buffering. Like, that's the worst, like uh, the spinning wheel. A little spinning wheel. You definitely don't want that. And you might be looking around. Maybe you're jealous of your neighbor who has used our friends at Integrated Media and wondering how you can get that set up. You can just call them mm-hmm. or you can visit their website, integratedmediainc.com. Our friends, Michael and Nathan, they've been out to my home. They can come out to yours, too. Maybe you have a bunch of cords laying around and you need them to figure out how to integrate your systems and uh, create a full smart home system for you or just clean up all these cords because those don't look very good. They can do that for you. They came out to my home, and, and Terry, what they did for me is they put together all of our old video game systems and mm-hmm. put them on a switcher so you don't have 80,000 cords at once. Oh, nice. It, it is absolutely you have outstanding. a switcher for your video games? You have a switcher. That's all high level. Stuff. It is high level. <laughs> Everything they do is high level. So I didn't even know that was possible. They can make it possible for you. Check out their Facebook page or their Instagram, Integrated Media Inc., Integrated Media SC, and uh, you can get some inspiration from them. Again, that's 803-948-8327. Our friends Michael and Nathan at Integrated Media, Integrated Media Inc. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome to the CPAP Games live from the Hayes Bedroom. It's another eventful night, Bruce. It sure is, Ron. Steve has been flailing everywhere, struggling with his CPAP. His wife, Michelle, is as tense as a fiddle string, trying to contain her rage. Michelle's rolling Steve over. There he goes, and the, the mask is off. Oh, my, the snoring. Michelle throws an elbow, now a shove. And she's leaving for the couch, taking her place as the Hayes' 100-pound lab. Bask in that dog breath, Steve. With all this struggle, Steve should get Inspire. Absolutely, Bruce. Inspire is a sleep apnea treatment that gives you comfortable, restful sleep with the click of a remote. That's right, a button. As you sleep, Inspire keeps you breathing normally and sleeping peacefully. There's no mask and no hose. Just sleep. Learn more at InspireSleep.com. That's InspireSleep.com. Inspire, sleep apnea innovation. Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you and review important safety information at inspiresleep.com. I will right, get back in here. Look at some the NFL draft from a South Carolina slash SEC perspective. Uh, up next with Chris as we continue the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Terry Ford in for Tyler, Ed Bird running the show. And we go to the top of the hour, then the halftime show takes over on 1075. The Gamecock Central Takeover Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen. With Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head. On your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. Over our 
Terry Ford hanging in for Tyler. Chris Clark is here. Ed Bird also uh, manning the producer board as we roll till the top of the hour. All right, obviously South Carolina, 645 pregame, 7 o'clock first pitch tonight against Auburn. You can hear it right here on the game. Three games set at Founders, where the Gamecocks are 24-1 and this year. Again, Tommy and Derek on the call tonight, 645. We get underway. There is some breaking news or breaking rumor coming out about South Carolina football and a member of the coaching staff. Please, Chris Clark. Tell us. Yeah, this is a report from Matt Zenitz, the senior national college football reporter for On3 Sports. Of course, Gamecock Central, part of the On3 Sports network. Uh, he says that LSU is set to hire South Carolina's Jimmy Lindsay as its new defensive line coach. Hmm. So, uh, Brian Kelly targeting Jimmy Lindsay, who has had a, a long career. Um, South Carolina was his biggest job you could say Mm -hmm. uh, so far in his career before that he was with lovey smith at illinois Um, but interesting move not not one that had been on the radar for a long time for a long Uh period of time we knew that brian kelly had a defensive line coach opening and has really kind of taken his time with it i saw some of the stuff he said in the media about it the other day what he was looking for um sec experience was something that he mentioned and so uh, yeah, Jimmy Lindsay uh, was brought in by Shane Beamer in 2021 in advance of his first season. So he was an inaugural member of the staff and, of course, was going into his third year at South Carolina. So Zach Pickens, one of the guys right. that, uh, you know, is going to hear his name called at some point in the draft. That's probably his, you know, biggest, uh, one of his biggest guys that he's coached, certainly at South Carolina, but Boogie Huntley, who was in here yesterday on the Garnet Trust Hour, He's, he's got a pretty good room here at South Carolina and uh, has built himself a pretty good resume over his career. Now, how big of a loss would that be? Well, I, I think the players really like Jimmy Lindsey. Um, he brings a lot of recruiting ties to South Carolina. Um, you, you look at his uh, you know, playing career. He, he played linebacker at Chattanooga, UT Chattanooga, and then started his coaching career in 2000. So he's a SOCON guy been all over the place you know chattanooga ut martin Furman, georgia southern and then he was at western kentucky with clayton white so okay, there's, 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 that there's your tie-in right. mm-hmm. when clayton white got hired at south carolina we figured hey jimmy Lindsay's probably a guy he's going to call and, and he did uh he spent 2020 at illinois actually so went to the big 10 but he's got a lot of recruiting ties in the state of georgia whether it's atlanta or outside you see mm-hmm. some of the guys at south carolina brought in in the last recruiting class that weren't D-linemen even, but like Vakari Swain, Jalen Kilgore, Jimmy Lindsay helped with those ties and those relationships. And I think has done a really solid job, uh, not just on the recruiting trail, but but coaching his guys as well. All right, so would there be anyone on staff, you know, because these staffs are so gigantic these days, someone's assistance, yeah. assistance, assistance, somebody's like, you know, the, you know, He's the assistant coach of the interior defensive lineman. Is there anybody on staff that if Jimmy Lindsay is going to LSU would step up or would this, would this be an out-of-house hire? At all indications, I think you're just looking at this with, with very limited info right mm-hmm. now, is that it would I would be very surprised if it was not an outside hire. That's what it felt like. When, I, yeah. Like when you looked at, um, so it's different than the, the Greg Adkins situation, right? Right. Where... It, for all intents and purposes, Greg Atkins and Lonnie Teasley just kind of switch spots. Right. You know, Teasley extremely involved in recruiting, 
involved as you can be as an analyst, as a coach. And so when Adkins stepped away from that full-time job, Teasley, he had, uh, you know, some experience last season in 22 and in 21, literally coaching the guys in, in Adkins' absence and has also been a full-time O-line coach at some smaller schools in the past. I don't think you see that on the defensive line. So uh, don't know which direction they may go right now uh, for a replacement. It's pretty early. We'll certainly be digging on that, though. All right, good deal. Also, uh, we're going to come back now in in our next segment. Uh, Take a look at the uh, NFL draft from an SEC standpoint and a Carolina standpoint as the second day of the draft... This is where we could see the Cam Smiths and the Darius Rushes and the Zach Pickens go. And Chris saw something very interesting from Daniel Jeremiah from NFL.com. We'll get to NFL draft stuff in our final segment. Terry Ford hanging in for Tyler, Chris Clark, Ed Bird. It is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour right here on your home of the Gamecocks, 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen. With Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. Gamecocks Central Takeover Hour. What in God's name is this? You picked that out, Clark? Um, K-pop of some sort? Oh, I don't my know. ears are bleeding. <laughs> Whatever it was. Red Velvet. Corden Ed Bird. I, okay. I'm blanking. Ed pulling that one from the yeah. <laughs> archives, if you knew Ed, what that was. Ed, no. Ed's taking no, no, no credit no. for that. Not, no, not pulling it as in playing it, just right. the knowledge of knowing what it is. I know. Maybe he, looked it, he had to look it up. He looked there. it up real quick. <laughs> anyway. yeah. Chris Clark hanging. Uh, now, now, will Wes be back Monday? To, to be determined. To be TBD. <laughs> No, I think so. I think he'll be there. Uh, Gamecock Central takeover hour. Chris Clark hanging out with us. Terry Ford in for Tyler. Ed Bird punching up red velvet uh, here on 107.5 The Game. All right, let's spin it over to the SEC. We'll focus a bit on the SEC in South Carolina um, for the NFL draft. Now, obviously, Chris, we, we're not surprised that no South Carolina players went in the first round. Not a stunner at all. Yeah. So now I'm sitting here and I'm spinning real quick through the – and look – We've all, we also know mock drafts aren't very accurate. If you didn't want to ever believe that, look at the mock drafts going into yesterday. So the second round mock draft I'm looking at on ESPN.com right now from Scouts, Inc. I'm going to scroll it to look for uh, uh, Cam Smith because everybody figures Cam, Cam Smith, Darius Rush, and Zach Pickens, it feels like second, third round. Especially Cam Smith, second round, Rush, and Pickens, third round. So I'm rolling through here right now looking for Cam Smith in the second round of the mocks for ESPN. Can I give you something interesting, though? Yeah, while I'm doing this, you go for it. So we have all said that Cam Smith would would be the first guy off the board. And that could end up being the case. Mm -hmm. Three defensive backs, three corners went in the first round. Uh, if my calculations are yeah, correct. Right. So so what that means is if you're Cam Smith, if you're Darius Rush, you know, any position you're at, you always if it's not you, you want to see as many as possible rolling off. Yes. Because then then the next you're you're next up or, or you're getting closer to being next up. Interestingly, so Daniel Jeremiah on NFL.com, he has kind of a first round recap, but he also has his best available. So they're all ranked regardless of position. So say 
you know, if a guy's still on the board and he was number 20 on his overall board. Right. The guy's number 150 on his board. He ranks him that way. There are actually nine guys at corner in front of both Cam Smith and Darius Rush, which I didn't really anticipate. Mm -hmm. Here's the other fascinating part. The number 10 corner, best available, Mm -hmm. Darius Rush. Mm. Cam Smith, number 11. Mm. So could we get to, whether it's tonight, whether it's tomorrow, could we get to a point where Darius Rush is the first corner off the board instead of Cam Smith? Now again, this is this is a Daniel Jer- this is based on Daniel Jeremiah's rankings, mm-hmm. so it's just one man's opinion. But that would be interesting. I think that'd be a little bit surprising. I just spun through this second round uh, ESPN mock draft from Scout saying five corners are going in the second round. Ask me where Cam Smith is. Five corners in the second round. Mm-hmm. I- I'm going to take it as a trick question. To say he's not in there. He's not in there. It's interesting. Uh, the first corner, I mean, the Steelers have the first pick of the second round, number 32, and, and they're going to take Joey Porter Jr., corner from Penn State. Even Kelly Ringo from Georgia is going in the second round, and Ringo really struggled in coverage last year. I mean, teams went after Ringo last year. Ringo's still still uh, trying to uh, heal from the beating he took from the Ohio State wide receivers. Um. Ringo's going in the second round in this mock and not Cam Smith. And you just read where Dan, it's just, it's one guy, but Daniel Jeremiah, former NFL scout, puts Darius Rush ahead of Cam Smith. I want to circle this back one more time because I know you, 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 you refuse to buy, to go down this road with me. <laughs> I am trying to figure out, besides the grabby handsiness of Cam Smith and the fact he only watches air quotes only ran in the four fours yeah. at the combine. Just snail space. That's right. <laughs> he, I mean, you and I were you know, we could run in, in in Crocs and beat them. What has happened with Cam Smith? He he played well last year. This wasn't like he went out and got torched. Kaylee Ringo got torched last year, and all of a sudden everybody said Kaylee Ringo has a lot of really good gifts. But if you can you can but if you can. Get him man, man, man on man with your receiver who's got some speed or athleticism. Ringo, um, you know, has some issues one on one in man down the field. You don't, that's not a Cam Smith thing. Cam Smith last year, the eye test, the, the stats, besides the grabbiness of Cam Smith, I don't understand this, dude, how Cam Smith could fall that far. I'm smelling something, and I don't know what the smell is, but there's something here. Like, like for an example, I'll tell Will, with Will Levis. There's some things that came out at the end of last night that we hadn't heard about, and I'm going to play. Todd McShay has a cut here in a second. Help me here because the Cam, this Cam Smith thing to me, and you made a good point. Maybe he was overmocked. To be fair, at fifteen twenty, but for a guy thought of as a borderline first round pick who played well enough last year not to lose a ton of draft stock could conceivably fall all the way to the third round. And look, all these guys are taught to hold now. Like, can we be real, Chris? That's part of some of the coaching today is grab these receivers because, hell, all the, all the rules benefit them. So every now and then grab a jersey. Why such a tumble, man? Well, Help me. Well, let, let, me, let me be, maybe I'm being a little bit contrarian. Let's see if he does tumble. 
if he does, I'm saying what what could yeah. be the what could be the thing to make him tumble out of the second round? I, I yeah. still think I still hold out hope he lands somewhere in the second round. Yeah, but let's say he doesn't for a minute. Yeah, let's say he does. You know, because again, Cause I, that's more fun. Yeah, yeah. So so yesterday I, you know, mentioned that connected NFL person I talked to thought that Cam Smith may have been a little overmocked early, and he had him in the 35 to 70 range. Okay, so... Which puts him second round, second early Second or third. early third. So, if that happens, then we'll just say, okay, that makes sense. Okay. You know, for generally. Now, if he does fall, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, if we're going... Let's go by Daniel Jeremiah's stuff, which, you know, maybe Cam Smith, out of these 11 guys that he's in the group with, he's number 11 best available according to jeremiah maybe he goes number one out of that group maybe he's the first one off the board and you're just saying okay it's just that's just one man's ranking yeah you know if he does look the, everybody that you look at on this list is a really good player you know the it, guy I'm, I'm surprised that didn't get drafted in the first round at any spot was michael mayor of notre dame he wasn't happy about it either no no he was saw not. his reaction Man was not happy. Guy is really good too. So, yeah, there was I mean, a couple that, guys that, that just fell out of the first round. It yeah. Doesn't always make sense. And look, if Cam Smith does go in the third round, who cares? Cam yeah. Smith could still be a very good corner in the NFL or a productive player or a starter or whatever. It's just I am I'm, I'm just this this whole thing is because again I'm a draft dork, so this whole thing is kind of been very compelling to me to kind of just watch the Cam Smith thing. And to the point of things we don't know, real quick, Ed Bird, Will Levis, of course, because we have to get this before we get out, Will Levis is still sitting in the green room in New York City waiting for his name to be called for the NFL draft. Fell out of the first round. The guy, by the way, Chris, was telling, allegedly, according to an anonymous dude in Reddit, was telling people he was going to be the first pick overall. Not only was he not picked number one overall, didn't go in the first round, Here's what Todd McShay of ESPN said about the fall of Will Levis. Hit it Unfortunately for Will Levis, he had nothing but time on his hands tonight. Not only slipped out of the top five, top ten, didn't go in the first round. What do you think led to the slide becoming as pronounced as it was? Listen, I mean, he's physically gifted. He's a flamethrower. He's got mobility. He's built sturdy. He's tough as nails. He's an ultimate competitor. There's so many good things about Will Levis. But there were some negatives. I mean, you know, you look at the 23 interceptions the last two years. That's the only two guys that were worse than him. And they both had three, at least 300 pass attempts in uh, Aiden O'Connell and Sam Hartman. So the percentage of turnovers was a big problem. I think inside the pocket, the biggest thing studying tape was inside the pocket when he was bottled up a little bit and pressure started to come. I don't think he trusted his eyes and he didn't quite see the whole field. That was a big issue. And then, listen, just some reports, and I don't, you don't know who to trust this time of year, but apparently it was true. He came off as kind of not having ideal personality and maybe some, some arrogance and some cockiness in his meetings. That's a team by team basis, but ultimately, the turnovers and the style of play, too, is an issue because he plays the quarterback position like a linebacker, and we saw the toll it took on his body this past year. A lot of teams I talked to are worried that he's going to be a Carson Wentz case when it's all said and done if he doesn't learn how to protect his body better. So the toe could be an issue. Interviews could be an issue. All the, So, again, some things we never know until we know. But real quick, Will Levis. Scale of 1 to 10, how shocked are you that this went the way it did? I mean, probably like a 7 just because it seemed like, even though you didn't agree with it, maybe he was going to be somewhere in the first round and probably high. Mm -hmm. We were obviously all fed a line, mm -hmm. uh, multiple lines. And when you look at it, I mean, 
all that data, almost all the data except the interview piece, we knew all that. Yeah. You can't say, well, a guy slid because his tape wasn't as good. You knew we've seen the tape. Right. So I, I chalk a lot of it up, honestly, to agents and disinformation mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. I, th- I think somebody was built up in the age yeah. of building people up, and yeah. then we saw what they really thought before it was all said and done. By the way, Will Levis probably, hopefully, had some insurance in case he didn't go in the first round. <laughs> yes, loss of value insurance. And I don't know if Amy Mason Cup State Farm can cover you on that, but I do know home, auto, boat, rental, life insurance, pretty much any insurance you can think of, you can give her a call or visit her website and find out how she can help you switch and save. You can also ask her about the updated Drive Safe and Save app from State Farm to save up to 30% on your premiums. Also has interactive maps and driving tips. Amy Mason Cup State Farm. That's 803-772-5554. Her office is right up the road at 612 St. Andrews Road. AmyMasonCup.com. All right, we are done. Finished history down the road. Nice job, Chris Clark. Appreciate you like always. Gamecock Central Takeover, our halftime show with Jay and myself coming up next. Fine work by Ed Bird, making us all sound smarter than we really are. Thank you, Ed. Halftime show next on 107.5 The Game. WNKT-FM, East Over Columbia. This is Gamecock quarterback Spencer Rattler, and you're listening to 107.5 The Game, the home of the Gamecocks. A Cumulus Media Station. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.